1: so good wild berry, açai grape, pineapple mango, lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you
2: well hello hello welcome to jewel says i'm julie jewels Welcome to another episode of Regular Life Stories from a Regular Old Woman. Thank you for being here. Please rate, review, share. Definitely email me if you have something to share with me. You can reach me at jewelsays at gmail.com. J-E-W-E-L-S says at gmail.com. Well, I had the pleasure of another in-depth chat with another young misogynist man-cub this week. Don't ask me why or how I found myself in this situation. I'm just going to say I'm getting a bit worried about the young men of the future if this is an example of who they are. And of course, it's a little bit difficult for me to comprehend why so many of them feel as though they have to dominate women why they excuse violence, how they believe strength means physical strength and willingness to fight. Come on, I thought we were emerging from the Dark Ages. This particular guy kept saying he needs to be strong so he can protect his family. I mean, he doesn't have a family yet, but he wants to have one someday. And I said to him, protect your family from male violence, right? No, he used the example. He said, well, if someone's breaking into your house, you want to make sure you have a strong man around. And I said to him, uh-huh, who's probably breaking into my house and going to hurt me? Probably a man, right? Oh, that's not the point. And I said, well, it kind of is the point because the problem is male violence. If If that weren't such a problem, people wouldn't feel as though they needed to protect their families. Let's Try and figure out how to solve the root cause of the threat because it's men. And he's like, no, no, that's not fair. It is fair. I said to him, I'm not saying all men inflict violence. Obviously, most of them don't. But what I am saying, and this isn't news, is the majority of violence, not just against women or children, against other men, against themselves, is inflicted by men. I've shared Jackson Katz's video on this, and I always recommend the Man Enough podcast because I care about the men. I want them to be well. So this guy says, well, there are more men in the world than women. Oh, that's the reason that more men inflict violence? Uh, I mean, I don't know whether that's true. It used to be that there were more women in the world than men, but let's say he's right. I said to him, let's say the world is 55% men and 45% women. Still, are men... Responsible for only 55% of the worst violence? No, it's probably 90%. And we shouldn't need men to protect us from men. We need men to stop doing the violence. How do we do that? I wish I knew. If I knew, I'd be, I wouldn't be sitting here just doing a regular podcast of regular old lady stories. There are people working on it. And then he said in one breath that females, oh yeah, he refers to women as females, which I don't know. I do not like that. I believe female is best used as an adjective, not a noun. But females, get a shovel and dig this, are incapable of making rational decisions. Why? They're too emotional. Then he says the reason men shoot up schools is because they're so frustrated. Oh, I said to him, "Isn't frustration an emotion? How about rage? Isn't that an emotion? Seems as though some are rational, emotional decision making to me. Anyway, I shouldn't get into it. Why? I was kind of, ugh, I just shouldn't get into it. But it does concern me that a lot of young men are looking for something, and they're finding something that I think is terrifying." I wish someone knew how to fill that gap. I know people are trying, but is it working? We need to make sure that men and boys have constructive entertainment, influences, role models. I can't do it. I'm an old woman. They don't want to listen to me. And that's one of the reasons I love Blippi. He channels little boy object curiosity into constructive manly content that isn't fighting. I just hope to hell that my grandsons do not become these people. I hope to God my granddaughters do not end up in relationships with these types of people. It seems that these frustrated young men are not particularly rare. They're not necessarily the exception. And the world cannot be healthy and safe until men and boys are healthy and safe. Somehow we need to channel that energy and... Their desire for feats of strength into, I don't know, engineering, diggers, vehicles, gadgets, sports, balls. And if you're a fan of balls, i.e. you care where the ball goes, try to control yourself if the ball doesn't go where you want it to go. Ah, well, as Ted used to say to my mother, Dorothy, you know what your problem is? You were never a young boy. True that. On a happier note... I cannot believe it's finally April. It has been so cold, below zero many days this week, and freezing. And I know the weather is a very boring subject, but we Canadians think about it all the time. We talk about it all the time. We are either hating it, it's too cold, or it's balls hot, or we're basking in joy when it's not extreme. And we live in the banana belt of Canada. It's relatively mild here. Last Saturday, I thought we were going to have a nice day, so I hung out my sheets. I love the smell of hung-out laundry. I do not use a dryer very often. I hang indoors in the winter, for the most part, but in the summer and spring and fall, I love to hang out. It was a balmy 7 degrees Celsius, which I think, I think that's maybe about 45 degrees Fahrenheit, and it felt balmy. Then we went to see our surrogate grandson, Evan, play his last hockey game of the season. I'm so glad he's playing hockey. He's also playing the violin. He also is a dancer. He's in a dance recital soon, some competitive team doing hip-hop, and he's an artist. All children need sports or art or something. They need community and belonging so they don't end up falling into the misogynistic pit of despair. I look at him. Well, his dad's a great guy. Sprinkles is not a he-man woman hater. But by the time we got home, the temperature had dropped. It was pouring rain, and my sheets were getting a fresh rinse from the skies. Oh well, I tried. And this is the ridiculous thing is we hate winter so much, but maybe if we made the effort to enjoy winter sports a little more often, we might not hate it so much. There's a rink around the block from us, and we didn't even go once, not once this year. Admittedly, we have to travel a bit to ski or snowboard. I don't snowboard. Abe does. But we never do. Why don't we do it? I was chatting with Evan's mother, Mary, at the game about work, about how work is consuming me all over again. It's completely taking over my brain, crowding everything else out. And I said to Mary, I think taking a year off and going back to work has made me realize how completely work takes over my brain, my being. I'm pretty much incapable of thinking about anything else. And I'm starting to wonder if maybe I would have been capable of something creative if I hadn't been so consumed with my job my entire life. Sometimes there's value in just taking a step back to realize what You're missing. Maybe I could have done something else. I didn't give myself a chance. Mary, on the other hand, is an artist, an accomplished, very talented, beautiful painter. Her work is evocative, abstract. She's had several successful shows. She had her own studio for years in Toronto's distillery district, but a career in the arts is such a challenge. It isn't like IT or anything in STEM. It's not as though you can just learn it and go get a job. So it has to be a passion because there's no guarantee you'll have enough income to survive. And then, of course, Mary and Sprinkles have Evan and his little three-year-old brother Logan. Sprinkles has a demanding IT career. That's how I met him. And I was talking to her about it. How do you manage all that and find not just the time... Because it isn't just about the time. It's the creative energy to paint. I think you have to be in a certain mindset to even come up with anything creative. I have no creative energy. My responsibilities, I think, have sucked any creativity I might have had right out of me. Or at the very least, it's crowded it out of my brain. So I don't know how Mary does it. Her work is beautiful. I'll post a link to her site, it's MaryWong.ca. easy to remember. Please check out her work and maybe contact her to create something special for you. She does do commission work. Well, I think she does. She used to. I'm, I'm sure she would. Anyway, it's April, winter is winding down, and soon we'll have our last snowfall. We always have at least one in April. But unfortunately, another winter down and another year, I also didn't ski. Another year, Abe didn't snowboard. We didn't even go skating, not even once, even though it's around the corner. My grandson, Richard, has been snowboarding in B.C. He's only six, and Joanne made sure he got a few lessons, which I love. Years ago, when I worked in Calgary, I think Joanne would have been about 13 I took her with me so she could ski. And one of my colleagues, Backseat Mary from Virginia Beach, not Mary Wong, brought her daughter, who was around the same age as Joanne, so the gals could ski or snowboard together. We dropped them off for snowboard lessons before work. I think they snowboarded. I'm pretty sure they had a grand time. And there aren't a lot of skiing opportunities around Sarnia, which is very, very, very flat. So skiing is an expensive sport if you live in Sarnia. You have to travel. But I wanted my girls to try things, all the things, because you don't know what they'll love. And the thing they love could be the thing that saves them from self destructive decisions. Plus, it's always better to learn things when you're young so you don't end up hopeless at everything like I am. And Violet recently went on a ski trip in France with her school. Did she try to speak French while she was there? Probably not. But she did take a ski lesson, and she said she really enjoyed it, and she also sent some videos. It makes me so happy to see them doing these things. Maybe she'll try snowboarding. I wouldn't. I am way too old. That ship has sailed. And then poor old Carrie always wanted to ski, and I was just never able to make it happen for her. Just joking. Carrie never wanted to ski. Catherine went on a ski trip to Quebec in high school, And I'm pretty sure they pretty much just got hammered and flirted with Frenchmen. But Catherine wasn't 13. She was older than that. Do I even want to ask? I mean, after the fact, it doesn't matter. They all survived. As long as you're managing your fun and still doing the things you need to do, then you're good. Maybe they skied. I'm pretty sure that tour company had hired foxes to look after the hen house. But that's another story. I didn't even ski as a child, even though I grew up in the Kitchener area, which isn't exactly a skiing mecca, but they do have a little ski hill, certainly nice enough for people to practice and learn. I mean, it's not Banff, but it's better than nothing. I could have learned, but I did not. I did go on a ski trip once when I was maybe, I would have been 19, 20, thereabouts, with the Sarnia Ski Club. It was before I was married. I was seeing one of my gross pre-marriage boyfriends at the time. He wasn't gross looking or anything. He just wasn't very nice to me in a lot of ways. So, But he was on this trip as well. But that was definitely more of a party trip than an actual ski trip. Everyone got absolutely hammered on the bus to Boyne. I think it was Boyne, Michigan. I was wearing the cutest little pink mohair sweater. I remember it was my favorite sweater ever. And I was still young and thin and really cute back then, only I didn't know it. It somehow ended up in my friend Judy's luggage and in her laundry, where it shrank to doll size. Sorry, Jules, she said when she showed me what had happened. I was getting sick of that sweater anyway, she added. I loved that sweater, but it was itchy, so so even though it was the best-looking sweater I had ever owned, maybe it was just as well. But I'll never forget you, pink mohair. Anyway, I was looking fine in my pink mohair, and I was a bit too comfortable overdoing the scotch. I remember sitting on one very, very handsome gentleman—well, he was maybe not a gentleman— man's lap on the bus and his wife was not impressed but at the time I thought oh it's nothing my boyfriend is here and I would never do anything but looking back I was a terrible person for doing that my boyfriend didn't seem to care I don't know if he even noticed jealousy was not his worst quality if anything he used to uh I'm not going to get into it He was not jealous. He used to try to push me to go into wet t shirt contests and stuff like that. A jealous husband or boyfriend would not do that. Anyway, he was just as hammered as everyone else on that bus. And I think the guy's wife's name was Mary Jane, I think. And I'm sure she does not listen to Jules says, but Mary Jane, I just want to say, I want to put it out there, that I was a deeply insecure little girl looking for external validation. And I'm very, very sorry that I behaved so badly. In my defense, her husband didn't seem to mind. But still, that was not one of my proudest moments.
1: But the- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals.
2: Next day was the first day for skiing. I think we maybe only got one day to ski and then the day after that was the bus trip home. My dear friend Judy, who ended up with my sweater, was on this trip and this was my very first time skiing. I have no idea whether we got any instruction or had a lesson. Maybe we did. But I recall being physically terrified going up the lift on this little green hill. The hill was big enough to have a lift, at least. The other problem was that the weather hadn't been cooperating. The snow had melted and then turned to ice in patches. So the hill wasn't really snowy. It definitely wasn't powdery snowy. The snow they did have was grainy like little ice pellets or hail pellets and then with patches of sheets of ice and when you're a novice skier this is very difficult to handle you don't have any control on a patch of ice you have very little control on a hill with little ice pellets there was a little mini chalet halfway down this hill where where everyone in the ski club on that trip were meeting and Judy and I almost made it to the chalet, but ended up <laughs> clinging to a tree. We, The two of us were hugging a tree, laughing so hard at how bad we were at skiing. And there we were. We could see all the people. They were yucking it up and having drinks. And I think they even had a little bonfire going out there. We were so close and yet so far. But this tree was surrounded with ice and we could I think we ended up getting there by just sliding on our butts. I'm not totally sure of the details. I just remember the tree, the ice, and laughing so hard. I don't think we went skiing after that once we got to the bottom of the hill that day. I'm pretty sure we called it a day and then spent the rest of the trip enjoying the apres ski festivities. So even though that was my first time skiing... I kind of feel as though it didn't count. The next time I went skiing was, I don't know, I might have been about 40 years old or close to 40. I went to Nikiska in Alberta with my friend Denise. This was another time I was working in Calgary. And it was exhilarating. I remember my legs physically shaking with fear. Have you ever been so terrified that your body just trembles? I mean, skiing shouldn't be that scary, but I'm a bit of a chicken. So Denise helped me snowplow, and once I got going, even though it was just a green hill, it was exhilarating. The sun was shining. The snow was powdery and beautiful. The hill sloped so gently, but went on for quite a long time with the most beautiful scenery. It didn't end in a flash. I loved this. And I knew I had to do it again. I had to do this more often. So I decided one year, maybe not long after that, I wanted to go skiing for my birthday. Just a day trip to a hill in London, Ontario. I think it's called Bowler Mountain. It's not a mountain. Abe and I planned to go with his roommates, who are very athletic and avid skiers. They wanted to head out early in the morning so we could get a full day in. I don't know if they understood how small Bowler... Quote unquote mountain was, but anyway, I didn't actually want to go early because I knew I would only last a few hours. And anyway, it was my birthday celebration, and I am most assuredly not a morning person. I do not want to start anything early in the morning. I can, but I don't want to. Oh, leave early while you're fresh, people will say. I have never felt fresh in the morning ever in my entire life. Not even when I was five years old. I remember being so relieved that I was in the afternoon kindergarten class. I hate mornings. But everyone else wanted to, so off we went. And it was one of those gross, overcast, slushy days, and we didn't last long anyway. But such is the skiing experience in Ontario, at least southwestern Ontario. Did I mention we're in the banana belt of Canada? Abe very generously bought me skis and boots for one of my birthdays, so I vowed that I would use them. We went to Collingwood a few times. Once we went for a weekend with our good friends Bernie and Robin, and I said to the three of them, just go, I don't want to hold you back, I'm just happy on the green hills, and they were much more skilled and adventurous. And I think by then Abe had mastered snowboarding, so I just convinced them to go. There's no way I would want to hold anyone back. I would feel terrible if someone stayed on that boring hill with me just to keep me company. And anyway, I like my own company, and I really enjoyed that afternoon. I just kept going up the same hill and coming down. It wasn't exhilarating like Alberta, but it was really lovely, and I lost track of time. Finally, I decided to make my way back to the suite, and everyone was there and a bit annoyed with me. Where were you? I think they had put supper in the oven and were waiting for me. I felt badly, but I genuinely had just lost track of time. Eating supper isn't a priority for me. I don't know. I I didn't think it mattered. I'm a bit of a do-what-you-want-to-do-and-we'll- catch-up-later sort of person, and maybe that's a bit strange to people. Even when it comes to going to a theater or a show, it's like, oh, well, we can't go. they are only single seats. Well, let's just get the single seats. We're going to be watching the show anyway. We can talk about it after. We'll do the rehash when we're done. Anyway, one year I took my skis to Norway to visit my exchange student, Julia, and her family. I really wanted to try skiing in Norway, and I had my own skis. So I went to the trouble of packing them. I had been to visit Julie, well, Julia, Julie. We called her Young Julie and I was Old Julie. But I had been to visit her and her family before, and I knew that there were ski hills all over the place. They live in Oslo. I had seen the trains full of students on their way to ski after a half day at school. It's just a way of life for them. Julie's mother, Nina, routinely cross-country skied, something I've never tried, But when you live in Norway, skiing is just a part of your everyday life, as it should be when you live in a place with a beautiful winter. So when I said I wanted to ski in Norway, I sincerely assumed we would just go to one of those local hills a couple of times while I was there. But no. Julie's father, Steinar, who, by the way, has a very strong resemblance to Daniel Craig, took Julie and me to some glorious A very she-she ski resort somewhere. I don't even know where it was. We visited his parents along the way, and his mom had made the most delicious elk stew. It was a fabulous trip up. Everyone was incredibly welcoming and generous. But I was in awe of this resort. And I actually, I felt uncomfortable because it was too nice, you know? Nicer than anywhere I'd ever been. Plus, I wasn't even a good skier. I didn't expect or need anything as special as this, but here we were. Steinar took Julie and me out for a beautiful dinner. We had drinks. We slept in the fluffiest bed with the most luxurious duvet I had ever experienced. It was just all too nice for me. Have you ever had someone give you something so lovely that you have a hard time feeling comfortable with it. This was one of those times. The next morning, we went to the slope, which, of course, was right outside the building. Really? Yeah, it was right there. I would say (laughs) Steinar kind of danced on his skis. He could ski backwards any which way. It was as natural to him as walking. He and Julie took me to what they said was a green hill, And as uncomfortable as I was holding Abe, Bernie, and Robin back in Collingwood, this was times a thousand. I felt sick with nerves. This green hill on this beautiful Norwegian mountain at this beautiful resort was nothing like a green hill in Collingwood, Ontario. It was nothing like the green hill at Nakiska in Alberta. It was steep. It was terrifying. I was absolutely terrified when I got to the top and looked down. From that vantage point, it looked to me like almost a 90-degree angle. And the only people using this hill were little children and me and Julian Steinar out of patience, generosity, and kindness. Once you're up, there's only one way down. Steinar tried to show me how to get better control of the skis because I do sometimes cross them. And even though I... Try to ski with them parallel. It's I don't have great control. But when you do something less than once a year from the age of forty, you're probably never going to be any good at it, not at all. And I'm usually I'm usually a pretty stoic person. I'm not highly emotional like some females. Ugh. But I have to say that uh, I I think I turned the air pretty blue as I made my way down that hill. Helvetes javla dritt! Julie's mother Nina gave me a cross-stitch thing for my wall that says that. Apparently that's quite a nasty thing to say in Norwegian. Hopefully I've done it justice. But I was genuinely terrified, even though I kept reminding myself that if you start going too fast, Julie, just fall and then get back up again. But I was afraid of losing a ski and and seeing it fly off down the hill without me. I was also afraid of losing control and hitting a tree, or worse, one of those children. Finally, I made it. I tried it again a couple of times, but it just never got easier. I was way over my head. A green hill in Norway is not the same thing as a green hill here. And I have a feeling that Julian Steinar had no idea... How incredibly unskilled an adult could be at skiing. I'm I'm supposed to be Canadian, aren't I? We get snow, don't we? People in Canada ski, don't they? Huh, not if you live in Sarnia. I felt badly for wasting their time. This had been an extraordinary trip, but I really felt as though it was wasted on me. I'm not comfortable with accepting something for nothing. On the way home, I insisted on at least buying dinner. We stopped at this lovely little Italian restaurant and had an authentic, thin, delicious pizza with wine. When the bill came, I presented my card, only to be told that they only accept cash, and I didn't have enough cash. I was absolutely mortified. Poor Steinar paid for dinner, and I don't remember whether he let me pay him back for it. I, I mean, maybe he didn't. It might have felt weird. But I certainly learned that skiing in Norway really was too much for me. It was too late for me to be good enough. And this was a few years ago. Then one year after Abe and I moved to Toronto, I queued up one morning. Yes, you need to queue because this club fills up fast. I queued to sign us up for the North Toronto Ski Club. I figured if we joined a club, we could go on ski trips at discounted prices. And they did day trips, so you didn't have to do the whole overnight thing. Plus, whenever you went anywhere, you got a free lesson from the more experienced members if you wanted one. And I really did need them. Unfortunately, I think we only went once. Once! We had to be at York Mill Subway Station early in the morning to get the bus to Collingwood. It was an incredibly windy, stormy... Ultra wintry day, visibility on the slopes was very poor, and your face just stung from snow blasting you. I got my lesson, and I think Abe went off with his snowboard, but honestly, it was just really exhausting. I am just not a good skier, and I think I finally accepted that I never ever would be. It is such a time consuming, expensive hobby. But you know, we should just go to Earl Bales Park here in Toronto. It's close. It's small. Most people would say it's not a good slope, but it's actually perfect for my level of skill. Abe and I did go there one night, years ago, and I couldn't find my ski pants. I mean, I hardly ever use them. So I went skiing in these black running pants. A few people commented on how much they loved my sleek little black ski pants. They're so sleek, they said, thanks. Thanks. Because they're running pants, and they're not at all warm, and of course they were soaked once I fell a few times, which, of course, I fall. I have to fall. That's what I do. That was quite a few years ago now. I think it was more than... It, ha, it was more than ten years ago, and we've never been back. What a couple of losers. All we seem to do is work, work, work. We can't even get out skiing or skating once over the whole winter. This has to change. I know I'll never be Norway ski worthy, but since we live in Canada, we really need to find time to enjoy some of the Canadian winter sports. Oh well, maybe next year. Thank you for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share, you can email me at jewelsays@gmail.com. at gmail Have a wonderful week.